The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 87. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Steaker. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the opener of Season 5, Enemies. Stranded in the far reaches of the universe, the team faces down Apophis, only for him to be attacked by a mysterious ship. Sam manages to fix the shields, and they hide their ship in the coronasphere of a blue giant, not to be confused with the coronavirus. When they emerge, they find Apophis's ship has been taken over by replicants. A cargo ship arrives piloted by Teal, who is healed in Apophis's sarcophagus. The team's elation at finding Teal alive turns to horror when Teal reveals himself to have turned back to Apophis and is helping him take over the ship. The team is captured, but manage to escape when the replicators begin to infiltrate further into the ship. The team races against time to defeat the replicators and the gold. They manage to escape on the cargo ship and destroy the Hatak cruiser, finally killing Apophis. Tilk is wounded, but is still brainwashed. I was I was expecting that plot line to get wrapped up before the end of this, but I'm glad that they're carrying that through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on this episode, Father? Oh, it was a good it was a good conclusion to the uh, to the two parter. You know, to the the first episode of a. A season, of course, you got to start out with a bang. Literally, a ship <laughs> yep. smashing into a planet is usually a pretty good bang. Um, <laughs> and of course, it it tells us, it shows us that the replicators are going to be the big baddies for this season now. Yeah, you know, and of course, we do see them much more here this season than we did last season. So, um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was fine. It was, and of course, we've got Tilk in, in you know being brainwashed, so they have to go through all that. Get to see Tilk as a baddie again. No, no mm-hmm. goatee though. You know, sadly. <laughs> yeah, that would make it better. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Yeah, I like this as a season opener. There's a lot going on. I feel like if you blinked for a few <laughs> seconds, you, you lost what was happening because it just kind of jumped on one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. So, I mean, you've got the new ship. You've got. Then they got to go over to the other ship. Then you've got the replicators. You've got Apophis chasing them. Uh, you've got Tilt being brainwashed. Then you've got Selmac slash Jacob saying they're going to die every five seconds. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a lot going on. And and I like that they um it's it's like they didn't even need the Tilt brainwash theme. They could have had a full episode without that. But I like that they didn't really deal with it. Um, in mm-hmm. this episode, because it kind of sets you up for, you know, as we go into season five and, and we brought back the replicators, which we hadn't seen in, I guess, most of season four, right? Yeah. I think we saw the beginning yep. of season four. So to start out season five again, I agree with Father Corey. They're just kind of 
telling us, oh yeah, we're killing off our first big bad Gould and the first one of the season. I mean, the series, not the, the first one they've killed. And then, um, and by the way, we're getting, we're going to see more of these bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a good job kind of having that crossover there. So you get the, the old storyline gets wrapped up, but it also ties into what's going forward. Mm-hmm. I also liked it because it, you don't really expect it, at least uh, since I hadn't seen it before, I wasn't expecting it to be the replicators again, but yeah. I was glad to mm-hmm. see them because they're, they're an intriguing villain. Mm-hmm. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I like it. It's got it's all. It's got action, intrigue, betrayal, romance, <laughs> chases. Maybe not the romance part, but it's got it all. <laughs> it's no, it's, it's 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 it explodes across the silver screen, and it's got chases and and people shooting at each other, and lots of P ninety mag changes, and and um, yeah, no, I I was okay. So it's I. <laughs> I do like the replicators. I, I I like this episode. It's very action packed. You know, they it's there's lots of like, you know, single take, you know, where they do a continuous take, you know, action scenes, the one where they ring off of the their initial mothership and, you know, Selmac is or Jacob's like running down the hallway and then trying to get them off. And, you know, SG one comes around being chased by replicators. I, I guess they're on the Apophis's mothership at that point. And, um, you know, they, they run into the ring transporter room and Jack like slides across the floor, dives into the ring transporter, yeah. just, as, and that's all like one shot, you know, and then the replicator effects are very well done. They're very well integrated. There's a scene in the Peltac where the replicators are crawling all over everything and they're very well integrated into the shot. But all that said, I was kind of disappointed that it turned out to be replicators because here's this really cool alien ship and you're like, ooh, we're going to meet some new aliens. Here we are, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 40 million light years from home or however far, 4 million light years from home, however far it is, it's very far away. Are we going to meet like some cool, like advanced alien race that like not even the Asgard is, has heard of? And so we see the ship come and attack Apophis' ship and then, you know, SG-1 comes out of the Coronasphere and it's like, oh, everybody's dead on this ship. What happened to the other ship? Oh, it's gone. And then, and then, so, so we're stranded, you know, millions of light years from home. How do they get back? Well, the replicators just, you know, mess with the ship a little bit so it can go like 30 times or a hundred times faster than it normally would be able to or something, you know, so it's kind of disappointing in that they have this really cool thing set up where we're so far away from home. There's aliens we probably haven't seen before, you know, what's going on in this corner of the galaxy. And it's like, well, pretty much what's going on in our corner of the galaxy uh, even down to the conclusion, which is like, well, well, a year ago we crashed the ship into a planet and that wiped out the replicators. So well, let's try crashing a ship into the planet and wiping <laughs> out the replicators. Well, you, you know, you know, Victor, if uh, if you want a series where they talk about a starship going to another side of the galaxy <laughs> or another part of the galaxy, there's a great one called Star Trek Voyager. That does yeah. exactly that. It does it for seven years. So even if we do. <laughs> oh, but you also get the same old enemies when they encounter the Borg. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, both. but this was a this was a chance to do something a little different and and they did the you know they they felt they just went with the same thing but that's okay because it was a good episode and the same thing you know obviously works for them. So we did get to see a super new like you know these curvy replicator robots mm-hmm. that can kind of turn into the giant like mother brain or or I guess Kraid if you're a Metroid fan it was more of Yeah, more like there you Kraid. Go. but yeah, <laughs> but uh but yeah, so there was there was some there was some new stuff in it too. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see something completely alien. Um, but I guess that does point to the replicators being from outside our galaxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do they ever establish like how far away they are? 
Um, I think they do eventually develop all that. Yeah, it, they're, depending on how you feel about it, like we, we do see, and I think it's this season, we do see the origins of the replicators, mm-hmm. and it's either really cool or really disappointing. It's <laughs> hmm. a nice. good, good way to good way to look yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but it's either you'll either find it like very intriguing, like philosophically, or just very disappointing from like a narrative sense. Yep. They were they were McDonald's toys originally, weren't Essentially, they? Essentially, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I only wish I was joking. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, did, did, I, did I guess it? I, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. It's no spoilers. Sec- second half of the season. Yeah. Nice. I think. Yeah. yeah I kind of um, like that they expanded on the replicators. That it wasn't just they just eat the material of the ship. That they yeah. went from their ship to took over Apophis' ship, killed everybody. You know, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, they could speed up the ship. They could, I mean, they, they actually interacted with the ship. And that was, I thought that was kind yeah. of a nice yeah. uh, way to get them home versus just Apophis. I mean, not Apophis. And um, the Asgard coming in and, you know, magical poofing mm-hmm. them back into their own galaxy. So, mm-hmm. And I kind of took it as that ship that they arrived on was not their ship originally. It, it was one that no. they had taken over. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that is expanded upon later or not. But that's kind of that was well, my we, assumption. It does show them learning, you know, learning yeah. that mm-hmm. okay, you know, while you want these resources, if you be patient, take over the ship and go find a planet, you can have all the resources you want and then some. Mm-hmm. And then when you de- when you've eaten that planet, then you get on another ship, take it over, go to another, you know, and they're learning more and more, and we'll, we'll see more of that development as the season mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, speaking of uh, like the tracking shots, uh, I definitely agree, Victor. Um, the way it was filmed, like with it looked like they were doing like hand cameras w- with a lot of the combat yeah. scenes, mm-hmm. like running around, and then you still had the replicators like pouring over the walls, and it wasn't a static shot. So yeah. the way they did that with the CGI was surprisingly good for two thousand, two thousand one. 2001 yeah yeah and i don't know if it's just because the replicators themselves are kind of i wouldn't call them like low poly but you know they're not completely looking they're not supposed to look like organic so maybe that Mm -hmm. makes it a little easier but the fact that they don't look plastically or or, you know like they're just like pasted over the the -hmm. filmed footage um they're very well integrated man i've always appreciated that yeah verisimilitude yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually low poly would be a good way to describe them because they're basically just pixels yeah, get combined yeah, together. Are. So I mean, at least at a far enough distance. But yeah, you know, it, they do a good. They really do a good job. And, and I think you know we're seeing the the CGI improve and improve and improve as we go through the series because some of the some of the CGI shots in epi- in season one were pretty rough. Mm. But by this point now, the the CGI has really advanced, even for you know the time frame. So yeah, and it's it's nice to see the show branching out visually. Because for a lot of it, it's it, like early on, it was just SGC out around Vancouver as an alien planet. Mm-hmm. And then every so often you'd get like the interior of a Gould ship, which mm-hmm. kind of looks like a Egyptian museum. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see that branching out. Yeah, there's and yeah, all the ships we see the interior of is, is basically their their Gould ship set. And so it could be kind of tricky to they they do a good job of telling you now we're on Apophis' ship, now we're back on our ship, now we're on a cargo mm-hmm. vessel, that sort of thing. Um, and it, it, 
I mean, it's the same. It's the same set, but it's a it's a, it's a cool set. So they they got their money's worth out of it uh, over yeah. these past two episodes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I wasn't. I I knew Tilk was coming back, obviously, but I was yeah. not expecting him to be brainwashed. At least that that seems to be the implication. Um, yep. Oh yeah. What, mm-hmm. what did y'all think about how that was tied in? Yeah, I I mean it's it only lasts <laughs> I think for an episode. I mean yeah. Yeah. We get that big deprogramming episode either next episode, I think, or something. Next, but yeah. It's next. Yeah. yeah. And and which is kind of it's kind of a good episode. Christopher Judge really, really shines in that, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. it it is kind of I, I do like that they didn't draw it out like, you know, Teal starts sabotaging things and they can't figure out what's going wrong. You know, they, they established very early on that, oh, yeah, he's been rebrainwashed and stuff. And I, li- I do like when when Jack's like talking to him and saying, "Okay, you know, just let me know what the plan is. I'll back you up. What am I supposed to do?" And Tilk just like smashes him in the nose with a firearm. You know? <laughs> Doesn't even look. Yeah. He just yeah, yeah. The back of his hand just smashes. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. I like the scene where he he you know they they bring him on board and he goes to hug him and he takes his gun and that's you know and then there's an yeah. office and it was a really nice kind of you know what wait what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then, like I said, I like that they didn't resolve it in 15 minutes. Right. It's going to be 43 yeah. minutes, but you know, like, okay, put a pin in, they're like, tie him up, put a pin in that. We got to go deal with these others. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause I kept waiting for him to reveal that he was pulling a double agent and was still on the team and just working to free them. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad oh. that it didn't go that way. Cause that, that seemed to be the obvious route they could have taken. Well, I, I love the, uh, the the insults where he's like, "Oh yeah, I just pretended to yes. be your friend, and it sickened I me know. to do it." Yeah, <laughs> and Jack's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> that hurts for you to say that. that hurt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sickened me to you know. It's like okay, and then that last line, "Gods don't die." Well, this one did. Yeah, the final yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like I do like that the other Jaffa are even starting to doubt mm-hmm. that like Apophis is a god. You know, we have we have Goatee Jaffa there and he's like, wait a minute. He was really seemed genuinely afraid and unprepared for these replicator demons, you know, running around. And and yeah. uh, Tilk's like, this is blasphemy. So it is kind of I will funny. Kill that- you. Say that again. I will kill you myself. <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of it is kind of funny that even like the other Jaffa by now are starting to realize, hey, maybe these guys like aren't gods. And, and meanwhile, Tilk has kind of come back on to team uh, uh, Gould God. So. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me wonder though. It doesn't seem like the Jaffa are all brainwashed to serve their gold. Mm-hmm. But if they have the ability to do it to this extent, why don't they just do that off the bat? Well now it so Tilk was resurrected by the uh uh sarf- sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and we know that the sarcophagus does affect your mental state. It makes you gradually more and more evil. So maybe they've got a switch they can throw on it that says brainwash as you make them evil. <laughs> yeah. And then whatever they did to Ryak, they even call that out. Like, hey, remember when like Ryak was brainwashed mm-hmm. into pretending mm-hmm. that he liked mm-hmm. you, but he really didn't. But then he did again, you know, type thing. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice callback. Yeah. To- yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's something. And I don't I don't think they ever develop, but I'm sure it's something you can say, well, it's it's very energy intensive or it's very, you know, it's yeah. something that that. You can't just do to everybody, but all you have to do is brainwash a few people and have them be the leaders of the Jaffa, mm-hmm. and then Jaffa just fall in line. Right. Yeah, and plus at the point that a Jaffa is like, you know, 
implanted with the prim talk or whatever, you know, goes through that ceremony They're, you know, they can't, they're, they're kind of dependent upon the Gould for new symbiotes or they'll die. Right. So, and they're, you yeah. mentioned that in this episode, you know, yep. we need more, yeah. we need to get more symbiotes. They even yeah. question, we're not going to live long enough. Yep. Yeah. Cause junior's going to grow up in a couple of years here and then <laughs> we're going to yeah, be pretty expendable what? at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's definitely the most gung ho at that point. Yeah, I liked I liked that you saw the others going like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of sad to see Apophis go. Like, not really because <laughs> I feel like he's played out, but he's been been such a mainstay that mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be weird to have the show without him. Well, we we well, do get to see him next like episode. In flashbacks, and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, flashbacks, yeah. dream world, you know, that kind of stuff. So so Peter Williams Alternate. isn't gone. Yeah, yeah, alternate yep. realities, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. but he has a pretty cool death scene where he's on the bridge of, you know, Cronus's ship as it's crashing into the, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the planet. And he has a sh- his little gold shield up and the replicators are crawling around the uh, the outside of the shield because they, they can't get in somehow, yep. which doesn't really square with how we know. Like, if they don't have kinetic energy, they should be able to pass through or something. But it's really cool. And then he utters his Im- immortal final word, which you have the cl- close captioning on is, is bah. <laughs> A-A-H. so yes he, he goes down i mean it's a scream but it it, it was captioned as ba so <laughs> not just but no, screaming it, in parentheses not just, not just like screaming yeah. in gould or something yeah um but no there's yeah there was a yeah it was it was a pretty cool uh final scene for for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- this one he doesn't come back from nope. you know how many times is he yep. he's absolutely totally dead until he returns next week <laughs> And he's yeah. absolutely totally dead. <laughs> and he returns next season. No, he really is. Yeah, really. Nice. And I like the way they, they had him speak more in gold this mm-hmm. time. They, I, th- I feel mm-hmm. like they've yeah. kind of gotten away from that in the last, you know, I don't know, season or two. But we, I think this is the most we've heard anyone speak in gold for a while. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of gold, even down to like the auto destruct, like, you know, emergency recording yeah. on his on his ship was in mm-hmm. gold. Um you know, lots of lots of screaming and in Gould and stuff in this episode, um, but yeah, very yeah, it was a really good Gould episode. Hmm. And then you get to Selmac finally speaks long enough to say, "I'm Selmac of the Tokra in charge of the ship," and literally yeah. that's all Selmac says. I think he said it twice. twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. twice. Commander. Yeah. Yeah, commander. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about this commander <laughs> thing. <Yes. laughs> this is where it, I love Jack and Jacob's like banter yeah. in this mm-hmm. episode. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I I love Jacob. You know, Jacob was just <laughs> negative and and he says, "How does he put it? Um, blow the last chance to be right." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that becomes because he knows eventually too. it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, like uh, Sam's like, are we going to make it? And he's like, I don't want to say, you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, but Jacob was definitely giving off strong, like, you know, middle school teacher at the uh, Natural History Museum field trip vibes on this one. Just trying yeah, to keep everybody right. oddly specific. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I see that. it was pretty much. Remember, we have to go. The bus leaves in 30 seconds. You know, I can't, you know, that's that sort of thing. Just uh, kind of directing them. And it was mm-hmm. it was very well done. You know, he's he's definitely a. Uh, you know, this is, I think, probably his best episode in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. what he has to do and how he does mm-hmm. it. And I love that after he says, you know, and blow the last chance I might ever have to be right. And then Carter's like, welcome to my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just got to put up with both sides of that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the very funny moment where Carter's trying to hack the door panel and he's like, I have no idea what, what, what I'm doing. She's like, I'm, there's, I have no idea what I'm doing. There is zero chance I'm going to get this. And the door opens because yeah. Jacob's walking in and she's like, okay, well, maybe not zero chance. You know? and it turns out it was because Jacob opened it from the other side. Yes. Yeah. I also liked how uh, at one point when they're all on Apophis's ship, they left Daniel back on the other ship and um, he tells him that he has to pilot the ship. And he's like, I, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. You're going to have to tell <laughs> yeah. me how to do that, yeah. which I liked because so many times in these kind of shows, everyone automatically knows how to do everything. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, Daniel this is, a, this is <laughs> yeah. a spaceship we've never seen before from an alien race we just met. Let's send the engineer over there. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel's whole thing these past two episodes has been to like look confused about like, you know, it's my first day <laughs> on the job type thing. Yeah. Although there is a very funny moment where they, they're escaping from the cells because the replicators are they're mm. they're trapped and the replicators are, are eating the controls and like the door, this big, huge sliding door opens up from the from the bottom of the floor. It opens up just enough for them to crawl through. And, you know, Jack, Sam, Jacob all crawl on their hands and knees under it. And then. Michael Shanks does like this really weird, like scoot, like flip turn thing underneath it. Like he yeah. kind of just half dive slides, turns around, scoots, <laughs> then turns around again and then like gets up and walks. <laughs> it's just I had to watch that a couple of times because everybody else just like crawls on their hands and knees. But but Daniel had to do something a little fancier. He was trying to pull uh, Jordy LaForge rolling under the yeah. door yep. before Let's closing move. down go, the door. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite interactions was when uh, Carter, you know, is directing Jack around the ship. And he says, you know, like, how do you, how do you know how to go? How do you know where you're going? You know? Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I studied the specs while we were on Vorash. And he says, you know how to have a good time, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she says, I'm having a good time now, sir. And he says, yeah. you go, girl. that's your your robert c cooper like quippy dialogue yep yep it was i mean to be it almost felt strange and out of place but yet somehow it didn't you know (laughs) yeah oh um speaking of apophis's uh very memorable last words i don't know if y'all looked at the uh, stargate wiki page but in the notable quotes it has Ba, all caps spelled out. No, uh, so, uh, really? yeah. <laughs> it's got like oh, yeah, six A's in the bottom of it. But... Yeah. That's awesome. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, ba. <laughs> that needs that's to be another uh, they merch say thing. Ba. We need to get we need to get mugs that just say ba. On ba. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, I liked a lot of the cinematography in this episode. I feel like it did a really good job with that. Um, I didn't I didn't see who like who directed that. Um, it was Mark like, Wood like handles yeah. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. but you got a lot of cool shots, like you were talking about with the a lot of long tracking shots. I I like when they get into the rings and it beams, but you see it from their point of view. So the set switches rather than like doing a cut. So they're on the other ship. Like that yeah. was. A, I like that. It was very creative. Well, one thing they did too is we got to see more of the engine room. You know, usually all you saw was like the little mm-hmm. panels with the crystals, but now they actually filled it out, which of course played into where the replicators plugged into the system. But still, at least we got to see more of the more of the ship than just again 
couple little panels where Carter's replacing crystals that are burned out. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was how much of that was physical and how much of that was like a CG extension because a lot of what you saw of the larger engine room was when the big giant replicator was kind of plugged into everything. So yeah, I, think that was, that was, I think that was all CG. All CG yeah. Yeah. Anything cool kind of beyond those, those pillars of the control crystals. I think that was all CG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, it was actually like a legitimately like tense, you know, as tense as the show gets moment where, you know, they have the crystal thing open, the replicators are coming towards them. You know, they know they have to shoot the crystals once they exit hyperspace. Yep. So they're waiting till they, you know, it's kind of like one of those, you know, will we be able to exit hyperspace and shoot the crystals in time and then make it back in 30 seconds to the, mm-hmm. to the cargo ship. So yeah, it was like, it was actually like a really good suspenseful mm-hmm. moment there. Yeah. Well, there's then, a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you saw the replicators that were, were plugged in the, you know, the big hive replicator. Yeah. And then as soon as it dropped out of, of hyperspace, you saw it, you know, it, it, it got dark, you know, instead of being lit up, it was dark and it kind of slumped over, you know, like it was turned off. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a neat, neat effect. Yeah. So I wonder, did it, did it like soup up the engines to get more power to build more replicators and them going faster was just a byproduct of that? Or was that its intention? Because it doesn't seem like they had any particular destination. They just like to eat well, technology. They knew that Apophis's base had a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as they saw, mm-hmm. oh, this ship's going back to a home base and they probably had, you know, a readout of, you know, his defenses and stuff. They're like, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's eat that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To the last address or whatever. Yeah. And, and they, I'm sure they figured out that, OK, we could take the 125 years to get there <laughs> or, we yeah. could, you know, we could put a turbocharger on this thing and get there in, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how hyperspace works, but you you know I I I don't know if you know that would if the ship is built to take that, but I guess maybe in hyperspace it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they talk about warping, so maybe it's similar to Star Trek, where it kind yeah. of creates a bubble where the ship's not actually moving and it's just moving the bubble. Warp nine point nine 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 five, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw on. Um... I forget what Gate World, I think it was, that um, Peter DeLuise said they did discuss leaving them stranded for a season. Mm. Oh, wow. And doing a season in space, but they really didn't think it would go with, you know. Yeah. The, the, the brand of the show or, you know, kind of what instead the show of, was. Instead, they get a whole different show later on. Yeah, yeah that idea. Exactly. Anyways, so. Yeah, yeah, because we do get one shot of Hammond in this, and <laughs> it, but it, it's clear he wouldn't have had much to do in that case. You know, like the Tokra show up and say, "Yeah, we don't know what's going on, but it's impossible anybody could have survived the the supernova last yeah. episode." And Hammond's right. like, "Well, you'll excuse me if I don't give up hope on SG One. They have a remarkable <laughs> propensity for turning up when you least <laughs> expect them, or something." You know, uh, or to that effect. Very full. SG One is neither late nor early, and SG One arrives precisely when they're meant to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I I actually just forgot. I'd forgotten until now that they actually showed SGC with Hammond. Yeah, I actually forgot that it was even in the episode at all. I kind of because it was such a short scene. It was like three minutes. Was it a filler? I mean, you you kind of wonder if that's one of those after effects. Hey, we're a little short. (laughs) You're like, well, wanting to make sure at least Hammond Hammond gets paid. Don, yeah, I was gonna say (laughs) Don S. Davis gets 
gets a credit for being in the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they <laughs> Those are like the saddest, like most like dish up, like down, like looking Tokra in the background too. They were just like, mm, we're sorry. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like the guy standing behind. <laughs> we killed your team. We're sorry. <laughs> well, was this a, which I can't remember if they said she was a high chancellor. I mean, how many high chancellors have council, we had now? Council member, I oh, think. Oh, council yeah. member. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, they're going through leaders like crazy. It's exactly. like that. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Like the Scottish Lord advertisements you see you can actually just buy that position for like bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mean anything <laughs> if you own a tunnel in the toker base you're a high chancellor and basically oh. anybody can build a tunnel anybody can build a tunnel by throwing yeah. a crystal at a wall yeah you get to own one of those hexagonal columns yeah there you go <laughs> see i thought she looked familiar mm-hmm. she was on red dwarf as a computerized femme fatale oh okay not as Hal or, or Holly or anything. No, no, she okay. she was, but she, so she, I can't remember when it was, but it was she was in the series on the in Red Dwarf was awesome. <laughs> Red Dwarf is like one, one of those shows. It's like I have no idea like when it first aired because it seems like it's always been airing. It's still airing now somehow. You know. Yeah, they they yeah. just they just did another like fifteenth season or whatever yeah. like a year or so ago or and or two years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. That's funny. Something that they could have done if they did go the route of having them be stranded and have the season be them getting back is that you could have had like the team on earth trying to figure out what happened and also dealing with the fallout of Apophis dying and then have like the other plot be them trying to get back and then maybe eventually like getting in contact with one another, but not actually seeing each other till the end. So that would have been a way they could have kept both ends going. Mm -hmm. I bet it would have been expensive though. Mm-hmm. Or or they could have had communication stones, which allows them to take transplant their consciousness into the body of someone <laughs> on Earth so that the leader of the expedition can see that their wife is fooling around on them. And this could be like a whole episode of Stargate Universe. Oh. <laughs> I was like, sounds familiar. Yeah. We, you have a lot to look forward to. Oh. <laughs> that was the yeah. entire first season of Stargate Universe. Yeah, That's, it was... Yeah. Doesn't Pretty it try bad. to take like the Battlestar Galactica approach of being dark and gritty and oh yeah. Awful. yeah yeah oh yeah yeah you you don't it you gets don't good have any but really optimistic characters yeah. at all no I would say there's a reason it didn't last long in my opinion yeah and, you know and I hate to say it I have not seen the second season and from what everybody says yeah second season is good and it gets really good by the end yeah. of it by the time they canceled it yeah. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> so I'm probably like the least, like the least satisfying like <laughs> note of any series that got canceled. Like, yeah, Firefly like ended on a high note compared to, <laughs> yeah. Universe. I was gonna say I feel like they took what all the things that really made Stargate SG One and Atlantis good, and they like nah, yeah. let's yeah, make it exactly. people want. Yeah, yeah, a team <laughs> that works well together. Yeah. yeah. People like everything filmed like in, in muted tones and kind of grainy and, you know, cyan and orange and yeah, yeah. or whatever. No Depressing humor, and lots of yeah. hand wringing and yeah. And, I was going to say, not even no humor, people arguing all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> yeah. But I actually, I know many people who never watched SG-1 or Atlantis or they watched them and didn't like them and they mm-hmm. loved Universe. Hmm. I think they just... Two yeah. different fan bases. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's kind of the 
direction that most shows go in now where everyone has to be tortured and they yeah. can't get along and there's all this they have all their inner demons that they're always working yes. out and very it's just, angsty yeah terrible but back to this episode where we yes. have lots of loving shots of the p90 and their translucent <laughs> magazines with the yeah. <laughs> with the cartridges all orthogonal to the actual barrel so they have to like you know rotate 90 degrees to get in into the breach and stuff so yeah Pretty lots cool. of yeah lots of shots of that yeah it was it was really cool it was like uh yeah they, they were very impressed that i probably very happy that they got the p90s <laughs> for this oh yeah <laughs> But yeah, we get the cool, like, even Jack has, like, this cool little green laser sight that he uses to shoot oh, yeah. Teal'c. And you can actually see the green laser on Teal'c. For... But, you know, I was watching this with our 10-year-old son, and he was like, really? One bullet knocks Teal'c out? Like, because usually <laughs> when they have to shoot a Jaffa, they have to, yeah. like, you know, shoot him, like, 12 times. So it's like, ding, 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 ding. And then they just, like, fall down and stuff. But, yeah. Maybe he just hit he him, like, hit right that on that. special spot. Yeah. Like, right on his uh, sternum or something where you're not supposed to do CPR or something. and. Yeah, and it just like knocked him right out. I mean, I still feel like shooting someone like that. You're kind of taking a gamble. Like he didn't go for the legs; he just shot him in the chest. I mean, he's wearing armor, and they know that. You know, usually yeah. you have to shoot Jafar like twelve times. So maybe, maybe they don't have to shoot Jafar twelve times, and they just do it. Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> just because they can. Yeah, like, why not? It's like, it's like you know, one shot is nah, you know. Hey, we, you know, yeah. you know it's, it is the military and they have a yeah. budget. If they don't spend it, you know, if they That's don't true. use enough ammo, <laughs> they're not going to get the same amount of ammo next year. So we got to yeah. spend that ammo. Or it's like Spoiled law enforcement. That. where like standing operating standard operating procedures just to like empty the magazine. And if you have like, you know, 30 or 50 rounds in your magazine. Yeah. You just, yeah. That's, that's not <laughs> problematic at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're just following the the zombie yeah. land uh, double tap rule. Yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, go. I mean, SG one is still alive, and a lot of other Jaffa aren't. Right. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so, kind of how including I all the Jaffa. So. The, yeah, pretty much every <laughs> Jaffa that ever served Apophis at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Hero were because he yeah adopted all of. But yeah, yeah. Did you catch yeah. Apophis making a comment on the decor of the ship? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like disgusting decorations, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's sitting on the Cronus chair, but then he Cronus sits on the chair. chair anyways. He's like, yeah, uh, well, yeah, it's a pretty nice chair. It's here. Maybe it was <laughs> yeah. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he took the time to even point that out. <laughs> yeah. Is that that's what you're thinking about? I guess the Gould are pretty uh, flamboyant in their own way. Yeah. So oh yeah. I think a lot about they're, that. They're pretty vain in their decoration and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, Apophis prefers his Egyptian decoration instead of the uh, Greek Greek mm. columns and everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awesome. Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed this episode. I am excited to see where they take it, and it'll be good to have Teal back to normal after the next one. Yeah, yeah, and it's a and it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. For like a deprogramming episode, usually you know with flashbacks, I think and stuff. It's usually those usually aren't my thing, but this one's actually very well done. <laughs> nice yeah yeah and just because apophis died doesn't mean we're not and and the replicators are there doesn't mean we're not seeing more gold this season mm -hmm. we're yeah. still getting yep. lots of gold and replicators so we're gonna have two big bad guys mm, yes nice. which is we nice. see the unas again right yes we do see yeah unas we do again. yeah yep nice i was That'll thinking awesome. of <laughs> thinking of una from uh 
Odd Squad or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, no, not her. But, yeah. It'd be an interesting crossover. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, did you all have anything else? Nothing here. Nope. Cool. Um, Got some uh, feedback uh, from uh, Paul Leone on our episode on Prodigy. He says, I remember this being a decent episode. I wish Haley had come back more than just once. It would have been fun to see her on Atlantis as an officer in one of the space cruisers or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think she, she comes back for one episode and then she's mentioned later as serving on one of the ships. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly. Definitely. And I just have to say we, we appreciate Paul Leone's comments. And if you haven't checked out his own uh, writings, he's an author and a very fine one in his own right. He has uh, some books. I'm reading uh, Kung Fu Antipopes, which is a collection of short stories and the genre. It's like every kind of genre, like martial arts, science fiction, mm -hmm. fantasy, supernatural thriller, very short stories, very, very fun to read. So definitely uh, check out his his works. Awesome. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. You had me at Kung Fu Antipopes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the short story that opens the collection and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's whimsical and, and a lot of fun. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Cool. Up. Yeah. Awesome. And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Nicholas M, Ethan L, Jenny G, Jason Z, and Michael P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time and we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Threshold. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack, and ah. <laughs> <laughs> Such such a beautiful, I know. beautiful thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Doctor Who. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. <laughs>